2: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, what up? Good morning. You know what? What a day. What a 24 hours it's been. Happy hump day. Happy hump day on behalf of Pretty Daddy and everybody here at CBS Sports Radio. Let's go. we got a great show to unpack for you. Look, I, I, um, I understand that doing a, a national radio show is different than doing a local radio show. I've done both. Wherever you are, we do our best to talk to you about something that will interest you, where we are not going to be able to engage in the very, very specific things that are always germane to your market. We're not going to fall in that crutch of talking to the NFL 24 hours a day and pretending other things doesn't happen. So it ain't easy. We're trying to thread that needle, and we appreciate you being here. Now, I've lived a lot of places in this country, and I've loved all of them. I lived in Miami, Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm from Iowa. I live in L.A. now. I've lived in New York. I've lived in D.C., rural Missouri, went to school in Missouri, the list goes on. We've lived a lot, Chicago, a lot. Of, I've lived a lot of places. People, I get there, they show up, they're like, you can't live here. We've met you now. Leave. And I do. That's kind of how it works. All right. But I'm not going to lie. There are times where my affection for a certain part of the country really comes into play, and, and I get emotional about a take. And while I'm not from Wisconsin, all right, not that you need a geography lesson, although I do, I don't know where anything is. I'm from Dubuque, Iowa. It borders Wisconsin, Illinois. I have family in Wisconsin. I like the people of Wisconsin. I've spent a lot of time in Milwaukee, All right, Midwest, staying together. Cold weather, good people, hard working. And so I say this to John Horst, who runs basketball operations for the Milwaukee Bucks. I say this to the ownership group and the stakeholders and the powers that be of the Milwaukee Bucks, on behalf of the people of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on behalf of Wisconsinites everywhere, on behalf of Bucks fans who also were in other states around that area, including my home state of Iowa, for the love of all that is holy and decent, do not hire Doc Rivers. Do not do it. There is still time to avert an utter and total disaster. Now, you may be listening somewhere else, maybe places I've lived. Maybe you're in Little Rock. Maybe you're in Miami. Maybe you're in Chicago, they've got the Bulls, maybe you're in L.A. or New York or somewhere in between, and you're thinking, I, I don't, Bill, I don't feel this emotional connection for Wisconsin. I understand, but we can all appreciate having something special and something that we've we've taken care of and something that has promise and hope and potential. In this case, it's sports, right? But it could be anything, something you love. In this case, at least for people in Wisconsin and those of us that like beautiful basketball, and good guys win championships, it's the Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Damian Lillard brought in, and I know a team that won a few years ago. And and, and we can all relate to bringing in a destroyer, a, a culture uh, acid on the fabric of culture, a person who pretends to be an ally but is actually someone who's the opposite. We can all relate to something we love, being undermined by somebody that weasels their way in. Please, Milwaukee Bucks, on behalf of all of us who like success – and decency in basketball, in terms of winning, and the ability not to choke off major leads in the postseason, and the excellence of Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the potential of Damian Lillard in that group, and for me, the people of Wisconsin do not hire the destroyer Doc Rivers, the ruiner of organizations, the firer of front offices, the demoralizer of locker rooms, the thrower under the busser. Is that a term? I just went there. I'm from Iowa. Can I say we say weird stuff there? Of anyone who gets in his way. Oh my God! Do not do it. So, so a lot has happened since we were on the air yesterday here on the show. Adrian Griffin, rookie head coach in Milwaukee, 100% talk that he was over his head or struggling a little bit was fired. Now that is a shocker for me, NBA Insider. If not surprising, right? It it can be both, and it, and it was. There was certainly talk that that things were not perfect and copacetic for that coach, but the dude is 30 and was excuse me, past tense, I can't get used to it was 30 and 13 probably the greatest start for any coach in their coaching career who was then fired, and there is no Ime Udoka situation where there's other things not related to the product and the basketball game court issues that got him fired, remember Udoka had been there for a while so it's not as if he was fired 30 something odd games into his career. Uh, I You could go to David Blatt. If you remember, this guy came from abroad, coached the Cavs for a season, made the finals, lost in the finals second season, had a very similar record, good record. They fired him. LeBron didn't like him. And no, Giannis is not a coach killer, and we'll get into it later. Stop, 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 stop. It's silly. Adrian Griffin goes, okay, I wouldn't have done it. I think, and I like the people in Milwaukee in that front office. I, I'm a fan of that organization, and not just because I'm from, it probably is because I'm from that part of the country, but I've gotten to know them, and the NBA is a small world, and people I've known from other organizations have gone to various roles in Milwaukee, and I, I, I go to Milwaukee a lot because I have family there. Swing by and see folks. I like the organization a lot. Guys, you're going to get yourselves fired if you bring in Doc Rivers. You're going to get yourselves undermined if you bring in Doc Rivers. And I think most importantly, you're going to be up 3-1 against, I don't know, probably the Miami Heat in the first round of the playoffs, and then what we like to call in the gambling world, the dock Lock is going gonna, is gonna to hit. where People like me are going to be like, oh, a Doc Rivers team is up, is up big in, in a playoffs. Don't do the 2-1, okay? Don't do the 2-1. Is up big in a playoff series, it is time for me to bet against this basketball team. Not with the mortgage, because that would be a really bad idea, but it is certainly time for me to bet against this basketball team With a whole bunch of money. Because Doc Rivers is literally, this is not hyperbole, I'm going to bring you facts, is literally the most impressive loser in the history of would-be postseason success. This is a guy, and I love this expression, I don't use it very often because people overuse it. This is a guy who has made an art. I mean, you're talking Neo, the Matrix, the Flash level speed at grasping and pulling victory I'm sorry, success from the Jaws of Victory. Get it out of there. Give me the give me the six give me the give me the loses. Losing. Give me the words too so I can do this segment. Doc Rivers is six and ten in game sevens in his career. That is the most in NBA history for a coach in a game seven. In closeout games, so so any game where Doc Rivers led basketball teams have an opportunity to clinch. Right? To, to, to win any series. Doc Rivers' teams are 17-33. and 33, And this is the one that I find to be astounding. In the history of the illustrious National Basketball Association, there have been 13 times, 13, lucky 13, in the history of the game, where a basketball team has been up 3-1 in a series and has gone on to lose that series. Doc Rivers has somehow coached three of those 13 teams. That's well more than... That's almost a quarter of the times. I mean, if you as a coach, as Doc Rivers, were trying to lose these games, if your life's goal was to, to have a team with massive... And by the way, these are talented teams. It's not as if he keeps getting some little engine that could into the playoffs and running into a force. He usually is the team that coaches the force. Seven years with the Clippers, when that big three was regarded as, you know, rightfully so, a legitimate contender. And then the, what, three years with the Sixers where you had, I don't know if you paid attention, this guy named Joel Embiid who just scored 70 points the other night. Have you seen what these guys are doing with Nick Nurse? And and James Harden's playing really well with the Climbers right now. You could not do this at the rate that Doc is losing in the postseason if you tried. If your goal was to go in and try to fail, I'm not sure that you could have as much success at failure as Doc Rivers. And by the way... I'm just going to do real talk here, okay? Oh, let, me, let me give you one more. And I, I said this on the Zach Gelb show yesterday. I said it on CBS Sports HQ a lot. Let me pull it up. I want to not misquote it. This is an amazing, amazing text I got from an Eastern Conference rival executive about Doc Rivers. When the news came out that Rivers is the leading candidate to replace Adrian Griffin as the head coach Of the 30 and 13 Milwaukee Bucks. A guy that has an opportunity to lead a team to utter and total failure. The text, as I scroll for it, I got to tell you, I broke some news yesterday, and that's when everybody wants to be your friend. Here we go. Quote, and the other Eastern Conference contenders breathe easier. End quote. The guy wasn't kidding, the guy wasn't lying. And the guy's not wrong. Have you seen our our esteemed um, our program director, Spike Eskin, who is leaving to go back to Philly to be a radio host, has a huge following of Sixers fans and is a Sixers guy, does a great Sixers podcast. And he said some version on Twitter today of, please hire him. He's going to be great. And many people made the exact—I mean, in Boston— Brad Stevens and Daryl Morey must have called each other. Those are the guys that run basketball operations for the Celtics and for the Sixers, respectively. And said to one another, okay, I'll call John first. This is Daryl. And I'll give him a recommendation. Like, oh, Doc's great. And then you call him and say, please don't hire Doc. He's just too good. We'll see if it works. People are chomping at the bit if you have to win the Eastern Conference for Doc Rivers to get hired. And this, this is before we get into... Let's just call it what it is, like the character concerns in a locker room, the leadership concerns. The the media, I hate when people say the media because it pisses me off, but it's kind of true. In this case, the NBA media has sold, many of them, this idea, this notion that Doc Rivers is a culture builder, that he's a great locker room guy, and that's just not supported by many of the people who have been around him. Can you find Doc Rivers supporters? Yes, you can. But it it is not a universal perspective of love for Doc. It is much more complicated, and I'm putting it nicely. The idea that Doc throws people under the bus, that he undermines those who are in front of him, that he doesn't support his players when things go badly, is one that's out there. And, you know, it could be right, it could be wrong, it's right. You you could talk to DeAndre Jordan, you could talk to Ben Simmons, and now I think you'd probably talk to Adrian Griffin. Because I think one of the details here that's important, and that's problematic, and that just doesn't sit right, and that's ugly, and that hit me yesterday when I was watching uh, NBA on TNT when they erroneously reported, I feel bad for the hosts because they're just getting fed information, that Doc already had a deal with the Bucks and it was done. They, they they cited a authorless CNN sports report, and some enterprising journalist, this is me bragging about myself, actually reported that, no, a deal is not done. And people were like, that guy's still on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I am sometimes. When that news came down, it just didn't sit right, because if you read the outstanding work The Athletic did yesterday in real time from Shams and and from our guy Sam Amick and from another amazing reporter whose name I've forgotten, which is not cool of me, but I have forgotten it because there's a lot going on. Uh, There was a story where they walked through the inner workings of of why Adrian Griffin was fired. And i had been saying to people on the phone, I've been calling sources, calling people around the NBA, and been saying to people, I bet Doc got this guy fired. I mean, Doc, because Doc has a reputation for this. I bet Doc somehow swung this. And I had a few people and look, and the truth is, people that don't like Doc will call me. Like when this stuff happens, I had a few people say to me, ah, "I don't know." I mean, he's ESPN. Like, how's he really going to have access to the Bucs? and the? And it's probably I don't know this, but it couldn't be above the the executive level. It could be the ownership level, right? How these things work? Maybe it's Horst, the GM, who I, I think highly of, and the people in his orbit. I think are good at their job. And and we were speculating, like, ah, could could Doc really have undermined Adrian Griffin? Like, how do you even like get in the inside of the organization? And then this excellent article from Choms and Amick and the the mysterious writer number 3, who Tom will look up and we'll credit in three days. That person will really appreciate it. Uh, from the Athletic reported, this is amazing, that that at some point this year, because Terry Stotts, who was the top assistant and sort of the, the guiding veteran coaching force for Griffin, who quit just before the regular season, because there was no person like that, and I'm sure there were concerns, they went out, the Bucks and they hired Doc Rivers. Well, he was still, by the way, Working ESPN to be an advisor to Adrian Griffin, and, and according to the Athletic, to kind of guide him on a path forward. The problem is, many people will tell you the path forward that Doc will send people who are in his way is directly under the incoming bus. That is just whoa, Adrian Griffin's gone, and somehow he Dick Cheney this thing. Okay, whatever your politics, whatever, cool. Like, remember Dick Cheney's Oh, this is a deep cut, but Dick Cheney was in charge of George W. Bush's. Vice Presidential Selection Committee and then selected himself and became vice president. I would like um, Odyssey to put me in charge of the program director search, and then I will be the program director and the host. Just kidding. I'm not qualified for that. And, and that would be ridiculous because it would be so obviously self-serving, but that's what Doc Rivers did. Okay, so it's ambitious and it's cutthroat, blah, blah. Adrian Griffin was the guy he was brought in to support and to help. This is a rookie head coach who has had many years well-respected in the NBA trying to break into being a head coach. Many interviews, never got a job. And Doc Rivers was the person entrusted with this rookie head coach's opportunity. And not an opportunity with—I'm going to insult somebody here. You're not—sorry, Monty. You're not you're not coaching the Pistons, okay? You're not coaching Charlotte. You're not even coaching the Magic, who have overachieved. You're coaching a Milwaukee Bucks team with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard in a high-powered offense. I know the defense hasn't been as good as it should be. Still 30-13, and still the second-best team in the Eastern Conference, still one of the best teams in basketball, still capable of winning a championship, which means if you succeed, if your mentor that's hired to help you, Doc Rivers, helps you succeed, you can keep that job for a very long time and be very successful. And and Doc Rivers came in as, as an advisor, and a short time later, Doc Rivers is about to be the head coach. That is some hot garbage. So, I'll say it again, there's a lot to get into, we'll unpack this, we'll hit a bunch of NFL on the show. We'll talk to Sam Quinn. We've got buy or sell. All right, we've got KD going at not going at dropping some truth on Kevin Durant. It's always I'm always interested in people who are so insightful on others but not themselves. But that's Draymond. Very, very insightful on somebody else, Kevin Durant. We got we got Bill Belichick who's looking around thinking Musical Chairs is less fun when there's no chair for you. There's only a chair left it seems. We have a lot to get into. But but I I'm being serious here, okay? I Love where I come from. Iowa does not have an NBA team. I obviously I grew up a Bulls fan, but that kind of goes away in my job. I like the Bucks. I like the people of that community. I spend a lot of time in Wisconsin for work and for family. I shouldn't say this because they're all listening. Well, there's like three of them, so they won't know. My favorite cousin's from Wisconsin. Oh, no, I said she. Love you, Steph. Sorry, everybody else. I <laughs> like 81. All of the other, but if you're listening, you're my second favorite, Ryan or whoever he listens. Oh, I hope he's not listening to that. I feel bad. I love Wisconsin. I love that part of the country. I really like the people in the organization, so I say this with love and with a whole lot of knowledge about Doc Rivers. Do not bring in that walking disaster, that certain mistake, that choke artist in the postseason, that culture killer. Do not bring in that, I'm sorry, but it's true in a metaphorical sense, poison to Milwaukee Bucks team that was doing just fine without him. Do not do it. It's, there's time to veer. You're not going to. They're going to hire him. It's going to be awful. Okay, 855-212-4CBS, Twitter, Sports, Rider. Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. Let's get into a bunch of stuff, including the fact that Bill Belichick appears to be unhireable. What is going on? And there's a parallel, by the way, between what we just talked about, when you have a huge opportunity, when there's a bunch of coaches out there, and the current reality in the NFL. One all-time great or great candidate is getting a job. Another seems not to be, and we'll try to explain what is happening next here on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
2: You have 47 new voicemails. Welcome back to Writer Than You. I think half the show is just you laughing at my pain. And me thinking things like, is that really your take or are you just trolling me? On CBS Sports Radio. All right, a uh, little update here. Eric Name is the third mystery writer who's not so mysterious. Outstanding beat writer for The Athletic in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin, my Uncle John is listening. Luckily, he is uh, Cousin Stephanie's dad. It would have been real awkward if it had been one of my other wonderful, illustrious um, aunts or uncles who I also love. Almost as much as you, Uncle John. And so, what's uh, up? Thanks for listening to the show. And again, don't hire Doc Rivers. Don't do it. Can I? Uh, I gotta get some to NFL, Tom. Can I dispel of a Giannis slander
0: that's out there? Good morning, by the way, pal. Good morning to you, Bill. Happy Hump Day. We're almost yeah, there. Yeah. Let's go.
2: Can I tell you? Can I just kind of brag on me? You ever do something you feel real good about yourself? Right where you hit a a three at, at the Y, that you should. You're like you kind of. Doc Lock when a Doc Rivers coach team is up three one Doc Lock Doc Lock that, is
0: fantastic, pretty good, right? Yeah,
2: I love it. By the way, I I have bet on every single Doc Rivers team that has been up three two or three one since the Clippers collapsed to the Rockets in the semifinals, you know, ten years ago or whatever it was. It might have been a little. It might have been eight or nine. So I. I've made a lot of money on Doc Rivers not being good at his job and the way that he should be. So I speak as a man of experience to the people of, of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Don't do it. Uh, there's an idea out there that Giannis is some kind of coach killer that has sort of bubbled up on social media and in, in, in media circles. And this is going to sound so conspiratorial. I'm sure it's coincidental, as in I'm only 91% sure it's coincidental, that it's bubbling up just as Doc Rivers is about to become a head coach of a place where he's going to have to find someone to blame when it turns out his coaching isn't particularly impressive. I'm just real talk today. Giannis is not a coach killer. Give me a break. Also, it doesn't matter if he is. LeBron is kind of a coach under... not. LeBron is a coach under minor. He just called timeouts on Darvin Ham the other night, just because he could. I don't know if you saw this. And... And I'm told by people in the Lakers organization that LeBron has, from LeBron's perspective, given Ham a lot more rope than they would give other coaches because he likes him, but that's kind of expired, which is ironic because Ham came off the Milwaukee Bucks coaching tree when Mike Budenholzer was there. Okay, is Giannis perturbed with Adrian Griffin, or was he? Probably. There's some reporting out there that suggests maybe. And does Giannis have to sign off on any coach? Yeah, including Adrian Griffin. He's not a coach killer. He's not a diva. He is a competitive All time great, NBA champion, former MVP. I think well unless they hire Doc, future MVP slash champion, I think he'll win championships even if Doc gets hired, it'll just it'll take away the window by two or three or four years, which is it's not funny. It's actually awful. It's awful. Not a coach killer. You get to ask for other stars. That's part of the deal. You get to demand talent. You get to demand that your front office give you the things that you want. And I think I've made it pretty clear that I'm from Iowa, that I love the Midwest, that I that I value that part of the country, that I root for Wisconsin. That doesn't make me delusional. Stars, especially of Giannis' magnitude, don't tend to stay in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or places like it. They, they tend to leave. And the fact that he has stayed and he signed that extension, and, 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 and again, stars can always force their way out. The fact that he wants to be there is a win. It doesn't mean he's going to meekly say, give me whatever you want. I'll just sit here and and, and take whatever you offer me. He's going to be forceful with what he wants. Not a coach killer. Don't buy it. It's not true. Not a diva. Not true. Competitive animal. Now, he also wasn't the guy hired to mentor Adrian Griffin and help Adrian Griffin be successful, right? That was Doc Rivers. So if you want to direct your ire at somebody, for being a coach killer, look at the guy who's trying to get the job that he was supposed to make sure was not going to be open because he was supposed to help Doc Rivers, Adrian Griffin. Uh, the other thing about this Milwaukee thing, and it reminds me of the NFL hiring cycle right now, and this does reflect on, on the front office there in Milwaukee. In the last hiring cycle, last summer, there were some of the, it, was made, it was one of the best coaching groups of coaches that I can remember available to hire. Uh, You had Nick Nurse who was available. Nick Nurse is an NBA champion with the Toronto Raptors and a very well-regarded tactician an in-game manager, which is, to say, different than Doc Rivers. Uh, Very different. It's true, Tom. It's true. He went to the Sixers, who are amazing right now. Amazing right now. You've seen it. You've seen Embiid and how well he's playing. There was available Frank Vogel. Not as sexy a name, but also a guy like Eric Spolstra, who came up through the video room and is very, very good at putting together the schemes that that can outwit, from an X's and O's perspective, other coaches and coaching staffs. Uh, That guy got a job. There was Monty Williams, who had coached in an NBA Finals and is a beloved figure in the NBA and is a very impressive coach. I know the Pistons have won negative three games this year or something. I made that joke yesterday on the Zach Gelb Show. I thought it was funny. Zach didn't laugh. Maybe he did. I don't know. Laugh harder. Just kidding. Um. Oh, Tom looks uncomfortable. Um. I like people laughing my jokes, Tom. I think Monty's an outstanding coach, and that was the name that I pushed for the Milwaukee Bucks, because I think Monty Williams could have gone to the next level. And people don't under, understand the the disastrous culture that that he had when he had to coach Chris Paul and, and DeAndre. I, I can't get out in the ice. I'm am a max player, Aiden, I mean, there's a there's a lot going on there. I would have hired that guy. Um. Obviously, Mike Budenholzer got fired from the Bucks, and so he was a part. Of, of of that grouping to say nothing of a whole bunch of impressive assistant coaches that, that, that were out there. They they didn't do that. They made that mistake. It's 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 the height of irony that the Bucks passed on Nick Nurse to hire Nick Nurse's assistant who they've now fired forty three games into that guy's career while their rival, the Sixers, did hire Nick Nurse and now the Sixers are laughing and hoping, I'm sure, that you found this? Who's on first? That the Bucks hire the person that started this whole chain event, chain of events in Doc Rivers because Daryl Morey and, and Philly realized what I've been trying to say forever. The guy's not gonna win. By the way, last thought. I wrote a column last night, not to hire Doc Rivers. Very similar to what I just told you at the start of the radio show. I wrote the exact same column three or four years ago when he went to Philadelphia. I just had to update the losing stats. Literally. It's like blah blah blah, same thoughts. say, Oh, there's more of these. I'm not psychic. I can just open my eyes and and pay attention. And it is also, I think it actually is a historic level of of coaching availability in this NFL hiring cycle. Bill Belichick is at least statistically the best coach of all time. I think he's probably not the best coach of all time, and certainly other GMs and coaches seem to, to view it that way. Pete Carroll, for my money, is one of the great football coaches in the history of the game. I mean, this is the only modern coach, currently coaching coach, who has won a championship at the collegiate level? Remember what he did at USC was historically dominant, and then went to the NFL and obviously before he was shoved aside as a as an advisor. You I can't get a Doc Rivers advisor role. I advise you to fire whoever you hire and hire me. Um, he won a Super Bowl with with the Seahawks and made another one. Should have won that other one. And you've got in Jim Harbaugh who it sounds like is going to be a charger. And I think that's the best job. And there's reports that they're inching closer to a deal. That And the Chargers have not hired a GM yet. So like there's room for Jim Harbaugh to have some say over that, which I think is going to be important to Jim Harbaugh and frankly important to the mental well-being of, of the people who hired Jim Harbaugh with the Chargers. That guy is a obviously a world-class winner, what he did at Michigan and before with the Niners. You've also got Mike Vrabel, who I know he hasn't won anything yet, but I think he's an outstanding coach. And there's, you know, highly regarded assistant coaches up and down the line. And Dan Campbell and D'Amico Ryans have shown that that can be successful. What's amazing about this, and Tom loves this, because I think Tom hates Bill Belichick, is that it appears if the trends prove to be true, and surprises can happen, ask Adrian Griffin 24 hours ago, it appears Bill Belichick only has one chair left, in this NFL coaching musical chairs, and that chair is the Falcons. Now there's reports that he has met with Atlanta, that he has met with the owner, that he flew to Atlanta, I think, last week. So it's, it's, it's possible he gets the job, but all this quiet on the, on the Belichick front, Tom, and you love it. Why do you, why do you hate the hoodie so much?
0: I don't hate it. I just find it fascinating that arguably the goat of NFL head coaches might get shut out from an NFL coaching job when there is so many jobs or were so many jobs available. I mean, Bill, he's reportedly met with the Falcons twice. So there's clearly interest there from owner Arthur Blank. The Falcons have met with 13 candidates, including the hoodie. Like, they're not just like, okay, let's meet with Bill. Bill's our guy. Let's do this thing. Like... They they have a lot of tentacles out here. They've talked with a lot of people, not just Bill. And Bill's only can I, spoke with them. Can I give you a theory?
2: Please do. I think Belichick's amazing. I think that there are concerns out there that perhaps part – there's two things that made him amazing that you may not be able to replicate. One is obvious. One is Tom Brady not being your quarterback. The other is – and there's a view – that the very unique culture that that Belichick created and the only one who's ever been able to do the Patriots' way and make it work, that that takes time and that that also takes Tom Brady. And I just mean from a culture... Remember, he used to hammer and criticize and go at Brady in film sessions, and for a long time, a decade or more, Brady took it because he knew, he thought, he believed... Seth Wickersham, our friend, is the one who's done the reporting on this really in detail, that that was a way to signal to the rest of the team if I can go through this, you can go through this, The individual doesn't matter as much as the group, and we're going to win football games as a result. And there might be a concern out there that without a great quarterback and without the ability to just create the culture Belichick wants overnight anywhere, that he's going to struggle to succeed. And so maybe Atlanta's on a pause. What if, though, here's my theory. What if Bill Belichick is smart enough to know that if he fails in his next job, it's over? The way we view him, that his legacy... And that he's having second thoughts with the Falcons because that is a job where he probably fails. Whereas if Jim Harbaugh stayed in Michigan, if Jim Harbaugh never came out, if Jim Harbaugh lost Ohio State and didn't even play in that game, right, if go all the way back, didn't even get into the Final Four of the college football playoff, let alone win the thing, maybe, maybe the Chargers turn to Bill Belichick because that is the job that I think guarantees the most likely level of success if you are a great head coach. Because yes, there are some cap issues, and there's going to be some issues at various positions that you have to manage. But you have a quarterback that you can win with in Justin Herbert. You have a talent in Justin Herbert. Maybe Belichick's getting cold feet.
0: It's absolutely possible. And the way this hiring cycle is going in the NFL, I mean, Bill, we had eight jobs that were available. Three of them have been—is that crazy? Three of them have been filled with coaches who have never been head coaches before. Gerard Mayo to the Patriots. Antonio Pierce to the Raiders, who was their interim, and Brian Callahan to the Titans, who had been an O.C.
2: The Brian Callahan one is—the the, Brian—Mayo
0: like, right,
2: got it, internal, craft, sure. The, the Raiders one, I think we agree is, I don't know, but it might be a disaster. I mean, it doesn't inspire massive confidence. The Titans hire I find really interesting.
0: Because the guy's well-regarded but kind of under the radar. To your point, though, none of these Hall of Famers or what we think will be Hall of Fame coaches have been hired yet. I and mean, we thought these guys would get jobs quickly. Let me ask you this. I am. Um, it's easy for me to sit here in a radio
2: chair in Los Angeles and say your team should hire Bill Belichick because it's not my team. But I do have some some... Some deep seated skepticism about Belichick's future levels of success. It, it is not certainty, though, right? It's skepticism. I don't know. So, I, I, that is the context of this question. I am not a fan of Matt Eberlose, the head coach of the Bears, as you may have picked up by the fact that I will pronounce his name Eberlose for the rest of my days, unless he makes the playoffs and wins a playoff game, in which case uh, it will also rain frogs, like in the movie Magnolia, because it's never going to happen, Tom. Should I or should I not? Root for the—if Belichick comes up short in the Falcons' quest, if they hire one of the other 439 people that they're interviewing, should I hope for the Bears to reverse course—very Bearsy thing to do— fire Eberlus and hire Belichick?
0: No, because I think Bill Belichick sitting out for whatever, one season or a half a season, I don't think that's a good thing for the hoodie. I think him not coaching, not being on the sidelines in any capacity— would be a bad. I mean, Bill, he's seventy-one, going on seventy-two, taking a year off from coaching. I don't think does him any good. I agree. I agree. I also
2: think the Bears are a bad fit because Justin Fields needs a very unique offensive approach in mind to maximize his skill set. I mean, it, it's not Bill Belichick, and it's not the coordinators I think he would bring in. And I do not want Bill Belichick to be entrusted with whatever first-round pick you you draft a quarterback with the first overall pick if that's the route Chicago goes. That said, I have named the coach of my team lose His name is Eber Luz. It's pretty good. <laughs> if you're Matt Eber lose I mean, Matt Eber lose is probably not re- listening to the show, but there are times where people I know are just driving around America, and they're flipping through, you know, stations, and then this... If you're... What do you think your reaction is if you're just driving through... I don't know where Eber Luz is from. So let's say that he's going down to... Arkansas, to have some good barbecue, and he, it's wintertime, but just stay with me, and do some, good, do some good fishing. And he turns on a Little Rock station, we're on there, and, and he goes, did that guy just call me Matt Iberlus? And then he hears it nine more times.
0: He's not a fan of yours, that's for sure. Okay. And it's very think- possible he could hear us because he is, went to school in Toledo, and he was born in Toledo, Ohio. Ooh, not far from where, uh,
2: uh, Matt <clears throat> Uh My wife Lori's from Lima, so like we got that in Common, pal.
0: Maybe maybe he laughs and he chuckles and he thinks I am a Eber loser. No, this is a lot like Bobby Cakes. You think it's endearing, it's not. It's
2: <laughs> no not. Bobby Cakes is Bobby Cakes with Robert Kraft is is less endearing than I don't know which one's less I mean, you know what's endearing is pretty daddy. Your nickname is spot on.
0: Can I be honest? It's grown yes. on me.
2: It's grown on me. By the way, um, I am doing we are preparing a five day a week NBA show and podcast. Uh, with Ashley Nicole Moss and John Gonzalez, and I, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really good. And um, but but we've got a producer who knows me from back in the day and has has resurrected the Sweet Willie moniker. Yes, yeah, they're all yes. kind of Sweet Willie.
0: Need it. Yeah,
2: Archie Hawkins came up with that former Patriot and Bengal, but it was uh, Jim Jackson and 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 Gary Payton who really kind of pushed that. But when I left Fox Sports, <laughs> they're a little different at CBS. They didn't call me Sweet Willie. It's making a comeback. Pretty daddy. Okay. Um, Draymond Green had a spot-on take on Kevin Durant's ill-fated claim that he, KD, should be in the GOAT conversation. So we're going to let Draymond break it down, and I'm going to give you the actual top five and why KD, and I think KD's amazing, is nowhere near that list that's coming up on the show after we get a cbs sports radio update from andrew bogus
3: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better
0: Welcome back to Writer Than You. All right, uh, this is, th- dude. <sighs> you but you might not agree with this take, but to be outraged, no, I find so, strange. It's
2: so bad. Um, I am. Th- we're transitioning to your to your MB take. It it really does bother me.
0: On CBS Sports Radio,
2: it really did. It still does. Honestly, the biggest winner from the Adrian Griffin news is you.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Real talk. I'll take it. Real talk. Um, Kevin Durant, let me just, you know how there are warnings on labels? This may cause dizziness. Do not take on an empty stomach. They have those commercials for various medications on TV with old people running on the beach, and then there's a list of 81 things that could happen, and you just think, I'll just deal with the balding, (laughs) right?
0: I think I'll be okay.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't need. To. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I, I don't. I can't even say some of the things that are. How do they sell those on television? I have to cover my kids' ears. I'm gonna give a warning. I like Kevin Durant. I, I respect the hell out of his talent. It's been a long time, but back in the back in the day when he was a young guy in Oklahoma City, I would, I would go down to Oklahoma City a lot for reporting, and just, he was nice. He was a nice guy. Mr. Westbrook was a different character to deal with. But, but I really like KD. That's why when he would do things like have the burners or go at the media or go at the players, just he's so sensitive. I like him, okay? I like him. The other day, he got frustrated that he's not considered the greatest of all time. And there was an initial quote he gave about the GOAT debate to the Arizona Republic, which is the newspaper, obviously, in Phoenix. I'm just going to read it to you. Quote, because I went to the Warriors— why shouldn't I be in that? That's the question you should ask. Why not? What haven't I done? Now, we've talked about this a lot. What I think was really interesting is that on the volume, uh, which is, which is uh, Colin Coward's operation, where Draymond Green has the Draymond... I think it's just called the Draymond Green podcast. Don't need to overthink this stuff. That's how you, that's how you roll. Isn't it, by the way, another warning label? Sometimes it's the message, not the messenger. Jose Canseco wasn't wrong about steroids in baseball, even if he was like, bro, give me a break. Some people are so insightful on others and not on themselves. Everyone's staring at Tom. It's so awkward. Um, some people are so insightful <laughs> on others and not on themselves. And whether you like Draymond Green or don't, I like Draymond. Although it takes some it to like, be critical and insightful of others when you can't, right? But this is Draymond Green really i think nailing the kevin durant goat conversation
4: i think katie is one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen the way katie scored a ball is so effortless he's never seen a bad shot like he's gonna get you 31 points on 14 shots that is a normal katie night Obviously, I'm not one that's going to be like, KD's championships aren't real. Stop it. There's no championship that's not real. Steph didn't get the credit that Steph gets today until 2022 when he led this team to a championship and won the finals MVP. When all else was failing, Steph said, all right, fellas, come on, let's go there. Period. You got to go do what Steph did to get to that conversation. 100%. 100%. Now,
2: now. I love Durant. I'm going to give you my top five list, and I'm going to give you a bunch of honorable mentions. And you can can quibble and argue with this, but... And there's some controversy on this, because I really value Steph. But Draymond makes the exact right case. You have to be the guy that... By the way, Kevin Durant has... Obviously went to the Nets and had a... Compiled the team that he wanted, super team. uh, Various versions of a super team... Now he's in Phoenix with a super team, and he's been in Phoenix with a previous version of a super team. And Tom sent me this. You sent me this this morning, Pretty Daddy. And I knew it, I guess, because I, I know he has. But to see it in writing has not made it past the second round of the playoffs without Steph since since Oklahoma City. All right, here's my list. am going to piss people off. I got LeBron number one. I don't want LeBron to be number one, by the way. I'm I'm, I'm a child of Jordan. I honestly have LeBron one and Jordan one a. For LeBron and one B for Jordan, but that's also known as number two. Okay, I have Kareem number three. I have this is not. I have Shaq number four. I have Steph number five. I do. I really do. And look, names that I could swap in or out, uh, Magic. I used to, but I've I've been studying the sport for a long time. I've done a lot of reporting over the years, and so my my views have shifted. I know Wilt's amazing statistically. I, I got, I got, I gotta tell you, I, I just can't get him that high for a variety of reasons. we don't have to break down. Bird's on the list. Kobe and Duncan. I have together seven or eight. I nine years ago. I think it was nine years ago, two thousand and thirteen. Oh my god, it is nine years ago. I sat down with LeBron James and did an interview, and I asked him who were the best three players of all time, and he he went Jordan, he went Jordan, Bird, and Kareem, maybe. And weirdly, that appeared, on my, did I, this time that appeared on my timeline. I tweeted it. I was like, last night tweeted. I'm like, holy hell, that's me. I looked young and was wearing a $12 sports coat from Target. <laughs> Target, Target. And, and he had a different take. The thing is, I'm not putting, and you can be like, oh, it can't be Steph. You're wrong. But okay. It can't be Shaq. Are you really going to put Kevin Durant ahead of LeBron and Jordan? No. And by the way, that is the GOAT conversation. You're gonna and honestly, I think that the goat conversation is a three-person conversation. For me, I think it's LeBron, it's Jordan, it's Kareem. Those are the three that for me are the goats. You're gonna put KD ahead of those guys with his two championships. Please spare me his Finals MVP argument. Only got to get to a Finals and get the MVP because of Steph. Is Andre Iguodala a top twenty player of all time because he won a Finals MVP? No, he got there because of Steph. Ironically, LeBron should have won that Finals MVP. I'm not gonna put him ahead of of of, of Steph. He wasn't the best player on that team and. There's plenty of analytics and data and stats and facts and realities, but Draymond gives you the real one. Steph Curry went and took what turned out to be an over the hill, broken, declining, whatever you want to call it, Warriors team and carried them to an NBA championship a couple years ago against the Celtics. On his own. I mean, on his own. Not put him ahead of Birds, not put him ahead of Kobe. You're going to put Kevin Durant ahead of Kobe Bryant or Tim Duncan? Are you kidding? both? Those guys have multiple, multiple rings. Four. right, right, four. Yeah. I'm not going to put him at a wilt. And I haven't even mentioned a whole host of players who are in the conversation. And here's the the real problem for for KD. He has two championships, but but not as the guy. What if Giannis wins two more? What if Jokic wins two more? What if Embiid gets two? And their level of excellence continues. I I think the really interesting conversation in the NBA isn't whether KD's the GOAT. That ship has sailed. I guess maybe if he wins three or four, but he's not going to. It's a cop-out by, by, by Dre. Between Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis, how are those three guys going to finish in the all-time rankings? I don't know. And whoever finishes the highest is probably going to be a top-ten player. Maybe a top-five player. Just take Jokic as an example. Because Denver could win this year. If Denver wins this year, and they're kind of like the Warriors of the emerging dynasty. And he wins two more and he gets to four. With the numbers that he puts up, you start to, it's not top five for me, but you start to get the top ten conversations. Durant's going to get passed by one of those three guys if he doesn't win another championship. I think. So KD, a lot of love, a lot of respect. you got to think you're the best to be near the best. But he's not. He's not. The end. All right, good talk. Good talk, America. Let's, um, Let's keep the NBA talk going with Sam Quinn, my colleague. CBS Sports up next here, CBS Sports Radio.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.